What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode and a brand new season of the 3 and D. I'm Paul Lombardi, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. In tonight's episode, we got a jam-packed one. We'll be looking at the preseason AP poll that was released this past week, the NBA 75th anniversary team. That was also the release this past week. And later, Andy Hopper, great friend of the program and host of the Brew Party, joins the show to talk Illinois hoops and the Chicago Bulls. So you can also follow at the 3 and D on Twitter to stay updated with breaking news around the leagues and new episodes and news on episodes and uploads. Um, hope everybody's doing well. Two weeks from tomorrow. There will be college basketball, ladies and gentlemen. It's almost here. Week two of the NBA season is underway. We're we're getting ready to go. It's getting down to um, the big basketball time up in here. So we got Andy. Andy will be on very soon. Got the fire emojis. Let's go. What's up, Andy? Uh, stay tuned. He's going to be on for a little bit. But we got a few things to go over before we bring Andy on. And talking about college basketball as the season it tips off two weeks from tomorrow, the preseason AP poll was released. So got to go over that. Some of the uh, interesting things that were the interesting rankings of some of the teams that I thought. Well, first off, leading the way was Gonzaga at number one. Not a shock at all. You know, the reigning undefeated nearly undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs uh, ended up losing in the national championship, obviously to the Baylor bears, but they, if anything, they got better. You know, they lost a few guys. They lost Jalen Suggs. They lost Jolie Yai. They lost Corey Kisbert. They definitely lost a bit of their firepower, but they re-upped big time and they brought Drew Timmy back who immediately comes in as a favorite to be national player of the year this year. Andrew Nemhard is back. Anton Watson's back. And they bring in three top 25 recruits too, which is the most top 25 recruits they've ever had in one class in school history. And also the first time they ever had a number one player in the class. Number one, Chet Holmgren is coming in. Uh, he's, you know, if anybody hasn't seen Holmgren already, he's, a bit of a unicorn, you know, he's a seven foot 
ball handling center. He reminds a lot of people of Kristaps Porzingis could be even better though, too. So Holmgren is the number one recruit in the nation, possibly the number one pick of the 2022 NBA draft. He's heading to Gonzaga. Uh, Hunter Salas, who's a point guard, number 16 recruit is also heading in. And um, he's going to probably take some backcourt duties from uh, Jalen Suggs. I would assume. And number 24 ranked Nolan Hickman will also be incoming. So Gonzaga has a good squad. They're ranked number one in the preseason and jumping over from college basketball. We got, don't forget to buy the merch three hours left to buy your merch. The campaign ends at the end of the day today, get your review and preview merch. We got t-shirts, we got sweatshirts, we got mugs, we got everything for you. You don't want to miss it. The campaign ends at midnight. You have three hours left. Everybody go buy some stuff. I, the hats are fantastic. There's, it's, there's, there's some good stuff there. So everybody go check it out. So gentlemen from Gonzaga, we got UCLA ranked number two and doesn't come as a shock as UCLA was a bit slept on last year, kind of struggled a little bit, but they made it all the way to the final four and lost on the buzzer beater, as we saw in the intro to the three and D from Jalen Suggs. Uh, but they, they brought everybody back. Johnny Juzang, who was one of the best players in the nation last year and is immediately a contender for also a contender for national player of the year. He's back. Tiger Campbell's back. Jaime Jaquez is back. Cody Riley's back. And they're also bringing in the number 12 recruit in the nation, Peyton Watson, who's a forward. So they they re-upped Gonzaga. And Gonzaga versus UCLA, is they also play each other at the end of November. So we get a, a potential one versus two uh, early in the season, which we were hoping we were going to get that with Baylor versus Gonzaga last year. And, we, and it ended up getting canceled for COVID reasons. But it looks like we're going to get a Gonzaga versus UCLA early on in the season. So that's going to be... That's going to be a great game. And another high-ranked team that's okay, a little interesting, Purdue, ranked at number seven. I They brought basically everybody back. And I thought it was very interesting because, you know, Purdue has uh, has been competitive over the last several years but can never get over the hump in the tournament. And they brought back one of the best players in the nation in Travion Williams, one of the best shooters in the nation, Sasha Stefanovic, and Zach Eady's sophomore season to the seven foot four uh, center, who they say has taken big strides this year and, you know, could be ready to possibly slot in as that, at that starting center spot. So Purdue ranked at number seven, I thought was kind of interesting. We got Andy with another comment. I think they'll be good, but I think two might be high. They barely even made the tournament the tournament last year. I agree. I agree. I agree. Ivy is legit for Purdue. Absolutely agree with that too. I think Purdue's going to be a sneaky team this year. And I agree with UCLA too. Um, I think that UCLA they they have a they had no hype on them last year, and they have a lot of hype on them this year. It's kind of like the polar opposites. And number two is an interesting ranking just because they made it all the way to final four, but you know, the preseason rankings, we'll see, we'll see how legit they, uh, they end up being. So last ride for coach K there's Tom Scabetta head honcho of review and preview. Uh, it's true. We're going to get to Duke in a little bit. We'll go over a little, little Duke basketball when the Andy comes on, uh, very minor, mostly just Illinois, but at number eight, we got the Baylor, the Baylor bears, um, the reigning NCAA champions, they lost some of their best. They lost probably their three best players in Jared Butler, Mark Vital, and Davion Mitchell. 
Davion Mitchell's already making a name for himself in the NBA as a lockdown defender, but they're ranked at number eight to start the season, but they are bringing back a lot of their key pieces from last year. Matthew Meyer is back. Jonathan Chamo Chachua will be back. Flo Thamba is going to be back. Adam Flagler will also be back. And they're also bringing in the number 17 recruit in the nation, five-star Kendall Brown. And they do have the number 28 recruit in the nation, four-star Langston Love. But news broke today, which is bad for Baylor fans, that he tore his ACL. So Langston Love will be will miss all of his freshman year, probably will redshirt this year, but he was the number 28 recruit in the nation, and they'll be without him this year. And then you got Memphis at number 12, which is definitely a very high ranking. They got there's a lot of hype around them. They got two top 10 recruits coming in, Imani Bates and Jalen Duran, who are supposed to both be the top picks in this year's in the this year's NBA draft. Um Penny Hardaway has done nothing short of a fantastic job. When it's come to uh, when it's come to recruiting, but uh, the question is, can he get the most out of his players and actually go deep into the tournament? You know, we haven't seen that yet. He's recruited a lot of good players, but it, the, this is going to be the ultimate task. He's got two top ten, two of the top ten freshmen in the nation this year, two of the biggest guys that everybody wanted. And he's also got Landers Nolly coming back, Lester Quinones, and he's got Earl Timberlake, who's a big man from Florida. Um, from Miami, I should say, who is transferring in. So they they got some weapons. They definitely have some weapons. So Memphis, the, that American Conference too is going to be up in the air. They should they should make a make a big some big noise in that conference for sure. And then we got Kentucky at number ten, and I think Kentucky had such a down year last year, but they're going to bounce back big time. They re upped more than almost anybody in the nation. They brought in. Three top 35 recruits. They got the number 14 recruit, Ty Ty Washington, who's a point guard, number 19 recruit, Damian Collins, and number 33 recruit, Bryce Hopkins. They brought in four huge transfers in CJ Frederick from Iowa, shooting guard, uh, Kellen Grady, who was one of the top scorers for Davidson over the last several years, Oscar Shebway, who was a huge recruit, and has missed a little bit time, a little bit of time in his first two years at West Virginia, but has decided to go to Kentucky. And Savir Wheeler, who was one of the top scorers in the nation last year for Georgia, they brought all of those guys in transfers. They're all going to be ready. Uh, Coach K is already on on the record saying that Wheeler and Shebway are going to be starters. Same with Ty Ty Washington. So the other two spots are going to be up in the air. And then they're bringing back Obi Toppin's brother, Jacob Toppin, who was transferred from URI last year, Davion Mintz, Keon Brooks, and Dante Allen. So Kentucky's going to be tough. And I'm very interested to see how well they're going to do. And another interesting one too, we got St. Bonaventure at 23. The Bonnies bring everybody back. Everyone who was dominant last year for them, they bring back Kyle Lofton, led the team in points, assists, and steals. Osin Osini, who is immediately uh, one of the top centers in the nation, averaged 11 points, nine rebounds, three blocks last season. He's back for St. Bonaventures. He's actually on the preseason list um, for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award, which is the top center in the nation. So he's he's up there. St. Bonaventure's ranked at number 23. The Bonnies are going to be tough this year. That's for sure. And then UNC, of course, ranked at 19. UNC had a down year last year. This And this offseason was a bit shocking with the sudden retirement of Roy Williams. 
but Hubert Davis, an old Tar Heel ex-NBA player, will be taking the reins at UNC. A lot of players love him, uh, and this is going to be his first go of it, trying to turn things around after a bit of a down year last year. But And they bring some guys back. Armando Baycott's coming back. Leaky Black's coming back. Caleb Love is coming back. They're bringing in Brady Manick, who's a big transfer from Oklahoma. Big man Dawson Garcia from Marquette. And they also have a couple four-star recruits in DeMarco Dunn and Dontrez Styles coming in. So they definitely re-upped. So those are a few of the teams in the top 25 that I definitely think are interesting and worth noting. So now jumping over. We'll check out that NBA 75th anniversary team was revealed. So just a few things. I mean, obviously, everybody saw the list. All the bit, all basketball fans had something to say about it. Even some players had something to say about it. But the current players that made it were Giannis, Mello, Steph, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden, LeBron, Kawhi, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook all made the list. Uh, none, nobody really shocking there, you know those guys are, have all established themselves as top 75 players all the time. In my opinion, I don't think there's anybody on that list that you can really argue is, is not top 75, but the people who didn't make it is the real question. Clay Thompson went on the record saying that he was shocked and a little bit agitated too, that he didn't make it. And I, I think it was, kind of, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, I think Clay Thompson's a great player but he's not top 75 of all time. I don't think so. And Dwight Howard was a bit annoyed that he didn't make it. That's a guy who I think has a little bit more of an argument about not making it three-time defensive player of the year, NBA champion. You know, Dwight Howard was at the top of the top when he was in his prime. You know, Klay Thompson is a tremendous player and is well on his way to becoming a Hall of Famer, but we're talking about the top 75 players of all time. But And if there's one guy that I would put Dwight Howard over, it would probably be Billy Cunningham. That was an interesting one. You know, Billy Cunningham was only like a three, four-time All-Star or something like that, played uh, years ago. I thought that, that he made the top 50 team uh, for the 50th anniversary. So everybody from the 50th anniversary made the 75th anniversary. There was actually 76 players that ended up making it because there was a tie in the voting. Um, so... He was one of them. I, I would have kicked Billy Cunningham off, though, I think, uh, to in order to get Dwight Howard on, If it, in my opinion. Bill Walton was another interesting one. I'm not the biggest Bill Walton fan. I think that he was a tremendous player, but it's injuries really derailed his career. And you could say the same thing about Tracy McGrady. A lot of people had, uh, had a lot of backlash about McGrady not making it. I don't think that Tracy McGrady should have made it by any means. Um but a lot of the injuries derailed his career as well. Penny Hardaway too. And I think Bill Walton's kind of in that category as well, but it's, I, you know, I don't have a problem with Bill Walton making the top 75, but I think that he's at the very end. And I think Billy Cunningham probably should not have made it, but very interesting. And then we got, we got a couple more comments. First, we got Tom shout out to Fonz and Mike, both Bonnie guys. Yep. The Bonnies are going to be great. Two of the review and previews very own St. Bonaventure, uh, St. Bonaventure grads. And I'll tell you what, definitely going to be having them on to talk some Bonnie's hoops at some point this year, Henry and Dictor Clyde's got to be the best Nick on that list. I agree. I tend to agree. I think that Clyde is the best Nick on that list. It's, it's Clyde, Pat Ewing, and Willis Reed are definitely one, two, three. 
And then Dwight Howard, I think, is a bigger snub than Clay. Absolutely agree. Agreed. Howard let the Magic to an NBA to a finals appearance, and if he stuck to what he was good at, he would have been great. Absolutely agree. Mario join us of Intercept Your Lunch. Check out that podcast. Fantastic. Uh, just wanted to be more of a shooter but couldn't shoot. That, that's true. That's true. You know, I think that – I think Dwight Howard – his dominance kind of spoke for itself and he was, he was, he was pretty amazing. He really was. So I, I don't think that there is any, any bit of uh, um, a doubt that Dwight Howard should have, uh, that should, should have made the top 75 team. I think that Clay Thompson kind of like, you know, is not, not so much of, of a choice in my opinion, but you know, every to each their own, everybody's going to have their own arguments. And right before we bring on Andy, I'll run through my week two power rankings. Got to do it real quick. Went over my week one power rankings. Um, the week two is so after the first week of the NBA season, we got a little bit of a shake up. Number five, I got the Miami Heat. They're only one and one. They beat the Bucs and lost to the Pacers, but I got them ranked number five. Uh, they blew out the Bucs. I thought that was very impressive. And they got a jam-packed schedule this week. They're playing tonight against the Orlando Magic. Then they're at Brooklyn on Wednesday, at home against the Hornets on Friday, and at Memphis on Saturday. Number four, I got the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors have come out red hot. They're 3-0 and so far. They beat the Clippers, they beat the Lakers, and they beat the Kings too. So those are three tough games. Uh, the Kings, you know, are always so-so, but Clippers and Lakers are two very tough wins. And I'll tell you what, the Warriors, when, Clay's not even healthy yet. You know, I was just saying Clay wasn't top 75 of all time, but that doesn't mean that I don't think that he's going to make an immediate impact when he comes back. Uh, for the Warriors, I think that they're a sneaky team in the West. They know how to win. They got and they got a pretty easy schedule this upcoming week too to possibly go six and zero by the end of the week. They're at OKC on Tuesday, at home against Memphis on Thursday, and at home against OKC on Saturday. The number three, we'll be getting into this team in a little bit. I got the Chicago Bulls three and zero. Last week I had them ranked five. They are red, red, red hot. Um, I mean, we're going to get, we're going to get Andy's word on it. So we won't talk too much about them right now, but Monday tonight, they're playing against the, at Toronto Thursday, they were playing home against the Knicks Saturday, they're playing home against the jazz. And then number two, I got the Utah jazz. They're two and zero. um, the jazz have played well so far. Things are clicking again. I think that they could be another sneaky team. They're due for a deep run in this year's playoffs. So I got them ranked at number two. Uh, they got Denver this week at home. Then they're in Houston on Thursday, at Chicago on Saturday, and then at Milwaukee on Sunday. So they got a uh, bit, bit of a difficult week with Denver, Chicago, and Milwaukee. A somewhat easy game at Houston, but you never know about those trap games. And then the number one team in my week two power rankings are the reigning champs, the Milwaukee Bucks. They're two and one. Last week they were ranked three for me. Uh, they've been, they look just as dominant as they were last year. Yes, they did blow a game to the Pacers. That is very true. Um, but I think that I think the Bucks have been have been absolutely fantastic, and I think that they look just as good as they looked so far last year. They brought almost everybody notable back, and then this week they got they got tonight. They're at Indiana. Wednesday they're at home against Minnesota. Um, 
and Sunday they're at home against the Utah Jazz. So they got a bit of a jam-packed schedule this week. The Minnesota Timberwolves have been off to a hot start. I believe they're 3-0, though, too. Um, so that's my week two power rankings. A couple more comments. Bill Walton, I think, was more deserving than T-Mac. Absolutely. Ben Wallace is a much better shout than D12. Howard's fall-off was drastic, and Wallace had four defensive player of the years to Howard's three. Brian, I love that because I'm a huge Ben Wallace fan. I've been a huge Ben Wallace fan ever since I was a little kid. Absolutely dominant player. Absolutely underlooked player, too. I always liked him more than Dwight Howard. That's a toss-up. You know, I think that Ben Wallace is is very close i think he's very close to top 75 you know if i made a top 100 list i think he would definitely squeeze on it that's up for consideration but i i love that ben wallace was an absolute force in the mid 2000s you know there is in the early 2000s i should say and then thomas cavetta impressive i'd say more expected bucks were missing three stars as well as bobby hill and hood that's true that's a fair point but i mean you know the i I think that the I think the Pacers did come out and play pretty pretty well regardless, and that Pistons squad was criminally underrated. That's absolutely right, Hank. And now, without any further ado, we're going to bring on my good friend Andy Hopper of the Brew Party. Andy, how are we doing? Paul, I am amazing, my friend. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. I'm so excited to be here for season two of. Uh, the three and D and of course to be talking about my two favorite teams that are actually going to be good and don't cause me distress and gray hairs that my football teams cause me. But uh, so yeah, I'm so excited to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Anytime I had to get you on the show, uh, especially to start off the season and both the Illinois, both the Illinois and the bulls uh, they're, they're looking good. And obviously we had a good season last year from Illinois. The Bulls have been in a little bit of a rebuild the last couple of years, but things are looking bright for them. And, you know, first jumping into Illinois, what are a few of your thoughts going into the season? You know, there, there was one big loss with Io DeSunmu leaving. Now he's on your Chicago Bulls, but Kofi Coburn's back. You know, what are some of your expectations for this season for Illinois? Illinois is going to win the Big Ten again. They are going to make it to at least the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. They have a first-team All-American and the best big man in the country, in my opinion, in Kofi Coburn. They have uh, the future Bob Cousy Award winner, Andre Corbello, running the show at point guard. Uh, but they also, what they've done is they've gotten deeper. They've added more shooters that are long and lanky. They go in the transfer portal this offseason. They grab Omar Payne, 6'9", uh, Big man from Florida. They pick him up to back up Kofi, which we didn't even know if we were going to have Kofi back at that point. Uh, And then they also go get Alfonso Plummer from Utah, who Brad Underwood's already said in the preseason that Alfonso Plummer is the best shooter he's ever coached. So we're adding more guys that Curbelo and Kofi can kick the ball out to in the pick and roll. If Kofi does get into foul trouble, we have more depth at the big. We have guys like Jacob Grandison at 6'8". We have the sophomore Coleman Hawkins at 6'10", who's, in my opinion, is going to surprise a lot of people this year. He can make threes. He can jump out of the gym. He's going to be a solid backup for us there. And then, of course, Payne. Uh, obviously, Kofi's going to be running the show there. A guy to look out for is Austin Hutcherson. Uh, he's been with the program for two years now. This is his first uh, year actually being able to play. He transferred in 
uh, from a small like D3 school, but he was like one of the top scorers uh, in the nation for D3, uh, ends up finding his way to Illinois, sits out his first year, actually got injured uh, last year, so was not able to play. But this is a 6'6", 6'7", wing that can shoot the ball. He can score. He can get it to the bucket. Really what Illinois lacked last year is, you know, if Iowa was having an off game, they were going to struggle, right? Because yeah, you know, exactly. he was their primary scorer. That's not going to be a problem this year because they have guys that can multiple different guys that can uh, that can get you a bucket. Yeah, I think Corbello and Frazier are two guys that. Are oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even bring up Demonte <laughs> Williams and Trent Frazier, the two super seniors yep. that. Yeah, oh, we also uh, yeah. So we've got two preseason All Americans and the Big Ten preseason Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, uh, and I mean it's just what Williams and Trent are going to bring to this team, which it, it, it like, you can't even put it into words like their experiences. They've been to the, like in the bottom, the depths, the hallows with this program. Then they've been with the program at, at its highest that it's been in a while uh, last year when they were good. So it's just going to be incredible. And and people forget Trent Frazier as a freshman before IO got there was our leading scorer. He kept us in a game against Gonzaga in Maui as a freshman uh, that we had no business being in because he was just unconscious from three. Look yeah. for him to be one of our primary scorers as well. I know we're going, they're going to run the offense through the big man. It is going to be pick and roll basketball with Curbelo and uh, Kofi and just let the big guy go to work. But don't discount what Trent Frazier is going to be able to do. He takes pride in his defense and he can knock down threes. You talk about DeMonte Williams, uh, one of John Rothstein's uh, top 25 glue guys yeah. in the country who just does all the little things for you. He's going to die for loose balls. He's going to rebound. He's going to hustle. He plays defense. And oh, by the way, he like led the nation last year in three point percentage just out of nowhere. So yeah, thank you for bringing them up Two guys. I, sh- I should have mentioned before, but this Illinois team is going to be good. They are like, I think, number five in Kim Palm. I think the number 11 yeah. ranking is a little low, but prove everybody wrong. Obviously, last year didn't end like it was supposed to, or it, it just didn't end, didn't feel like it was supposed to end that way. Um, but I think this team, it, it is not uh, an overreaction to say this team will be better than last year. No, I completely agree. And that brings us to the next question, too. Number 11 ranking. And as you just said, it's a little bit low for your liking. Who do you think is ranked higher than them that you that you think is kind of a little more respected? And, you know, Illinois has gotten a little bit more disrespect in the preseason poll. Um, I mean, people are really, really high in Purdue this year. I don't really understand the, the number seven ranking over yeah, Illinois. No. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not saying they're not going to be good. Uh, UCLA at two, I think that's a little overreaction. I kind of put that in the comments earlier. Um, But I don't know. I think I don't hate the the number 11. I I guess as long as they're ranked, like, like, right, that's what you want to see, that you want to see that number uh, uh, beside your team name before uh, going into the year. But, yeah, I don't really know. I'd say it doesn't make sense to me that Purdue is ranked ahead of them. But, I mean, what do I know? Yeah. No, I agree with that because I think Illinois has shown a little more promise than Purdue has. And I think that they have an all around better team, too. As you said, you know, Corbello, I'm expecting big things from Trent Frazier. I'm expecting big things from I think that's going to be pretty good. And now um, in the Big 12, I mean, in the Big 10, I should say, my bad, um, in the Big 10 this year. 
there's going to be it, it's might not be as deep as it was last year but it's Illinois is right at the top who do you think is going to be the most competitive teams in the Big 10 this year with Illinois that cool. will probably that have a shot of knocking them off Michigan is there yeah. they're I mean their their roster is just loaded but they're just very young is the only thing they've got a, a lot of young talent I will say Juwan Howard is 0 and 3 against Brad Underwood in his career has yet to win yep. and uh Hunter Dickinson is, is good but I don't think the Kofi comparisons just fucking blow my mind like Kofi's putting up tw- 21 and 13 and Dickinson's maybe 13 and 7 and he's just somehow on Kofi's level but no uh, Michigan's going to be very good I'm not trying to discount them at all they they're just fans annoy the fuck out of me on social media and Purdue, like I said, they'll be good. I, people are very high on Maryland this year. I think they're going to be a sneaky, tough yeah. squad. Indiana, they, you know, they have Trace Jackson Davis, who was, I don't know if you were surprised by it, but I was a little surprised he was named a preseason All American. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, he is he's 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 a very good ball player, but I I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think they're going to be good. They do have first year head coach Mike Woodson there. Uh, they return a couple guys. They lost a couple guys. They do get Miller Cop uh, from. Northwestern, who actually is a sneaky, decent ball player, but he just played at Northwestern. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a little more top heavy this year uh, in the Big Ten. But I think really the three teams you you have to look you, you got to look at it's Illinois, it's Michigan, it's Purdue. Those are your top three, definitely. And I I've seen all over the place. Hunter Dickinson has become uh, enemy number one for uh, Illinois fans. It's, it's honestly pretty funny. They, I, I love it because it's going to make the, those kind of ga- those games so much more gritty. That's going to be must watch TV, uh, Michigan versus Illinois this season. But I, t- and I totally agree. I think that um, Michigan will be good, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think that Indiana, it, there's a lot of questions about them. Trace Jackson Davis is a tremendous player, but, you know, what's the depth around him and Mike Woodson's first year, too? How is he going to adapt to the college, to, you know, the college reigns? I think that's mm-hmm. going to be very interesting to see. And we're definitely going to see a fall off from Iowa. They lost everybody. Um, and I mean, I Minnesota, think Illinois- Minnesota's not going to be any yeah. good. Northwestern's going to suck. No. Uh, Michigan State's probably going to be. They won't be the level we're used to seeing Michigan State at, but they're, they'll yeah. still be pretty good. I don't think Penn State will be very good. Wisconsin, they bring Brad Davidson back, of course. It's like 10th, 12th year, it feels like, <laughs> at Wisconsin. They might be okay. I, I don't know. It's just like we're we're – it's the Big Ten, so we're going to see those games, you know, in the middle of January or even, you know, December, February, where we're like – how the fuck did they just beat uh, this team on the road by 20 points? You're like, yeah, it's just a big 10. Like there's going to be those upsets, but I don't think we're going to see as many as we necessarily did last year. And especially, you know, with the crowds being back, uh, I think that'll have a big, big, big uh, effect on things as well. I think there was a lot of teams that benefited from playing in quiet gyms last year. I, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that, especially in the tournament too. You know, I want, I want to see, you know, what this UCLA team's all about when, you know, they're all together for a full season. You know, they struggled a bit last year. I know we're jumping from the, you know, the Big Ten to the Pac-12, but mm-hmm. I I think that it's going to be definitely interesting to see what kind of team uh, we get out of UCLA and, you know, how they're going to respond to that number two ranking. Uh, they brought, like, everybody back, and 
I think that they have an overall pretty good team, but like you said, you know, the, the empty gyms, you know, the, all that, all those kind of things are very underrated factors that you definitely have to consider. And, you know, back to, back to the big 10, Minnesota is definitely going to have a fall off. Um, I agree big time that it's going to be pretty top heavy, you know, expect a lot from Michigan. You expect a lot from Illinois, Michigan state is going to be like sneaky again. Like they were last year. They, you know, they were not great last year, but then they, they would blow games to bad teams. And then all of a sudden they did knock off the top teams in the nation. They was, it was, mm-hmm. it was really interesting. So I think that, I think the big 10 is going to be very, very, very up in the air. And you know, so Besides that, obviously Io Desunmu is gone, and they brought back Frazier, they brought back Corbello, they brought back Coburn. Who do you think takes this the place of Io as the perimeter, the guy that's the ball, the guy that has the ball in his hands in the final five minutes of the game? Uh, Io is one of the best clutch scorers in the nation. Who do you think? Did, what kind of distribution do you get? Obviously, Coburn's a back to the basket type of player. He's not going to, you know, right. hit you any three pointers. Do you think that Corbello steps up? Do you think Frazier steps up? Do you think Williams steps up? What do you think? So I think you know uh, you mentioned last year how just clutch he was, and he yeah. if you look at the numbers, he had more clutch points than anybody in the country. And I think the next closest guy had like forty less than him. It just wasn't yeah. close. He they call him the closer for a reason. Uh, but he this year, I think they're going to try to run things through Crubello a lot. Uh, you know, if you they just actually had an exhibition game against NAIA school St. Francis. Uh, of Illinois here uh, at home. I think it was yesterday. Friday, no, it was Saturday. Saturday, they ended up winning like 101 or 103 to like 34. That's not the point. Grabello, I think, had 11 points, five assists, but he also had five turnovers. So that's my only concern about him having the ball late because we know how flashy he is. We know how fun uh, he is to watch. Uh, and we saw last year he did make some of those mistakes that at sometimes were critical. Uh, that he's going to have to, you know, rein in a little bit, but he still only is a sophomore. He's got a lot of room to grow uh, his game still. But I, if I had to choose, I would guess that Brad is going to give the ball to Curbelo and kind of just let him work like he did for Io when Io was a sophomore. And, and, you know, through this, when he was a young guy, he put a lot of trust in Io's hands. He trusts Curbelo a lot. He's talked him up as one of the best pure point guards that he's ever coached. I think he's going to put the ball in Corbello's hands, see what he see what he can do. But I, I also, you know, with the senior leadership of of Frazier, that's really unmatched. I think we will see Frazier bring the ball up the floor as well. I think it won't just exclusively be Andre Corbello, but in clutch situations, I'm sure they'll try to get Kofi the ball, just avoid getting him to the free throw line because I've heard that still hasn't improved as much as it, they would have hoped uh, in the off season as far as far as the free throw shooting goes, but. Uh, I hope they get proved wrong. But to answer your question, I would guess it would be Corbello in the last five minutes and just kind of let him penetrate and, and kick it out to somebody uh, on the perimeter. Yeah, definitely. A lot more ball movement and trying to get into the post to Coburn too as much as you can. Right. Only, only question is, you know, if they, they start to foul, if you want Coburn to go to the line down the stretch too. Like right. If that's going to play an effect on their game plan, it'll be definitely very interesting to see. But tomorrow – two weeks until the college basketball season. It's almost here, baby. We're, we're right there. I can't believe it. Final four feels like just yesterday, and we're just about to be there. So jumping over 
from the NCAA. We'll go to the NBA. Your Chicago Bulls have been red hot. They're 3-0 and to start the season. They beat the Pistons twice in the Pelicans. On paper, people will be like, okay, that's a couple of easy matchups. Um, but if you watch them play, they're fun to watch. I'm telling you. they Their additions this offseason, DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball were just huge. I think Lonzo meshes tremendously with Nikola Vucevic. I think that he's the perfect type of point guard for him. Feeds him in the post. I th- I just see the Bulls are just so much fun to watch, and I can and I just love this core that they put together. Zach Levine obviously having another tremendous year. What are your first impressions on your Bulls? Like you said, they are so much fun to watch. If if anybody has paid attention to Bulls basketball in the past, shit, man, it feels like eight years really since oh, they've yeah. been. I know it really hasn't been that long, but it just feels like forever. This is the most exciting team that they have put together in quite a while. You know, we had to suffer through Gar Packs forever. We finally get a new front office in here, and AK comes in, and he's making moves. See, like, yeah. this offseason was insane. You know, we hear uh, DeMar's probably heading to Miami, and then it's like, oh, wait, now Chicago has a bid. And it's like, oh, okay, we're going to give up Lori, and we ended up not really – I mean, I did hate losing Thad Young just because he yeah. had a tremendous year for us last year. He was yeah. great. Uh but DeMar is already proving that he is that solid number two scorer we need. Zach Levine is as good as people thought he was going to be. There were questions in the air a few years ago, uh, but I know it is only three games. I was talking to Tom actually about it earlier because uh, he said, you know, it is just the Pistons and the Pelicans, but yeah, they're only allowing 94 points a game on the defensive side of the ball. They're scoring a lot of points. Levine's averaging 30 plus. I think DeMar's averaging like 24 and five. Uh, and then Alonzo has been terrific in transition, getting the ball to his guys. And what our underrated signing was Alex Caruso. Cause that's yeah. what they, they, they kind of want the identity of this team to just be a hard nose defensive team. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw their first game. They had Caruso on Jeremy Grant. In for in the fourth quarter in crunch time, where it yeah. kind of makes you scratch your head in the moment, but then you look at his defensive numbers and how much of a plus defender he is. It's just they are. I think they, they're building the team the right way. They're building a team that actually can contend in this Eastern Conference. I think the Eastern Conference is deeper than it has been, or maybe I don't know if deeper is the right word. Maybe more wide open than they, it has been in a while. Definitely. Um. So I mean, we could see this Bulls team as high as a what three or four maybe as low as a seven yeah. or an eight so right now there's i mean how can you hate they're, they're three and oh they're at the top of the eastern conference we you know we still got 79 games to go they actually are up by 11 on toronto right now in the third quarter 88 77 um but it we're, we're happy uh, over here in, exactly. in chicago bulls land man uh, there's not much to complain about yet yeah, and to what is Caruso averaging three steals a game first three games? Obviously, only first yeah. three games of the season, but he he's been fantastic. That's another great addition, like you like you said. Uh, Lonzo's been fantastic. I like even though those were two easy teams on paper. If you watched anyone, obviously you you watched it. I've watched it. Anybody who watches uh, NBA basketball, random, whichever big games are on, uh, the Chicago Bulls are must watch TV right now and they're just fun to watch. Like I get I get bit deep into their games honestly. It's like it's fun and you can tell 
that they're just an overall structurally sound team, though, too. They look like that they're playing well. They look like they have things figured out. And they weren't just a bunch of random additions, though, to this offseason. They added DeMar DeRozan, who's a big number two scorer. They added Alonzo Ball, who's going to be their key playmaker. They and can also feed Nikola Vucevic in the post. They these additions, there was there was a little bit of thought to them, though, too. They mm-hmm. weren't just throwing money at the most random guys that that they could. They were they were really adding guys that you know can make this team better and Kobe making Kobe White come off the bench, you know is is pretty good. I gotta mm-hmm. say, I mean, um, Kobe when, he's not even playing right now. I think he's out yeah. tonight with a hamstring. But there were questions when they signed Demar as uh, kind of it was like, well, you know, he's kind of a guy that needs the ball in his hands to be effective. And I feel like they've done a good job. I mean, through the first three games of distributing the ball and keeping getting every got everybody touches. Uh, you know what I mean? No, yeah, definitely, totally. I think that the ball's gone around pretty solidly altogether. I think the ball movement is fantastic. I think Billy Donovan's just a tremendous head coach, though. Too. See, this I is the best. This might be one of the be- well. I mean, he did have. He was with the Thunder for some decent teams. This might be the best team in the NBA he's coached so far, and they they have a lot of young guys. They have a lot of young guys that are contributing. I love seeing Io Desunmu already getting tick for this team. Uh, he's apparently been gotten on Billy Donovan's good side and has impressed not just Donovan but the whole team as far as his competitive competitiveness, his toughness, and just willing to just be like a sponge. He wants to learn. He wants to yeah. listen and 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 just learn how to be a pro. And uh, we, I mean, we saw that he's he got you know minutes in crunch time in the game one with the Pistons ended up scoring his first two NBA buckets on on back to back transition layups. There almost had three in a row, just rimmed out a three. But he, I, I, I mean, I've I've loved watching Adesunmu in Illinois the past three years. I was ecstatic when he fell to the Bulls. Uh, he, I believe he's the steal of the draft. Like I can't it just yep. absolutely a first round talent, but. I mean, things are just looking up for this team. And a, a name I haven't even mentioned yet is Nikola Vucevic. He is yep. one of the best pick-and-pop centers in the league. And I think uh, just as the season goes on, he's just going to get even better uh, as well. as. And I think the chemistry so far through, through three games has looked pretty good. Um, obviously, it's a very long season. It's going to take some time. And as the season goes on, they're going to find stuff they like uh, about each other, you know, in-game. But they... Again, they have had quite a bit of time in the offseason to get these things figured out, but there is not a lot to complain about so far about the Chicago Bulls. And say what you want about the schedule, but they can only play who, who who's put in front of them, right? Absolutely. That's totally it. And, you know, I, I love the Desunmu, um, the Desunmu pickup. As me and you were saying this the entire time, right around the NBA, right around NBA draft time, is how much of a steal Desunmu would be if he falls to the second round. We were both high on him. Obviously, you're a diehard Illinois fan. I was pretty close to a diehard Io Desunmu fan. That's why mm-hmm. I rooted hard for Illinois last year. Loved Desunmu's game. He's just he is a glue kind of player. Whatever you need him to be in the NBA, he's going to be. And he was a tremendous pickup for the Bulls in the second round. I think that that's going to be another addition that ends up coming coming back to help them big time. He's going to end up playing some good minutes his rookie year. He's going to have a solid rookie year. I would not be surprised. So, Andy, mm-hmm. jumping over from the Bulls real quick, what's your take on the NBA Finals? Who do you have coming out of the East, coming out of the West, and who do you have winning it all? 
Uh, Bulls in six. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. So I think it's the West is really where I'm kind of scratching my head. Yeah, I know. Because um, I know I talked about how the East is kind of wide open, but really I'll be hard-pressed to find a team that's going to beat Milwaukee or Brooklyn when it just gets down to it. I think – do we get any clarity on this Kyrie Irving situation? Do we see him play in a Brooklyn uniform at all this year? Do we see him get traded and they try to – you know, get some other pieces to build around because at the end of the day, they still have Kevin Durant, one of the best players of all time. They still have James Harden, who's no slouch, who's also incredible. But Milwaukee, I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier they did lose that game to Miami, but Tom put it in the chat. Uh, we, they were without quite a few guys, but I mean, Giannis, it looks like he's kind of figured that jumper out a little bit. Which is just very scary. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Milwaukee to go back to the finals and they will play. Oh, I want to say Phoenix again, but I don't want to be the, I, the whole the whole repeat. But because they've looked good so far too, I've been very yeah. impressed with Golden State. I don't know if, if they're gonna have enough down the stretch. This Lakers team, of course, LeBron's always going to be there. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a loser. I'm going to say it's a repeat. I'm going to say uh, Milwaukee and Phoenix in the finals again. I like that. I had Nets versus Trailblazers. I went. I don't hate that. I'd love the Trailblazers to go to the finals. I would love to see that too. And I think that, uh, you know, Chauncey Billups as their head coach is definitely okay, might put them over the edge. I want to see them finally do something. They, they, you know, the jury's out with Damian Lillard. You have no idea. Um, how long he's going to be there for. He's put in his time. He's been there for near a decade now. And the furthest they made is the Western conference finals. So the clock is ticking for them. I think that they might shock some guys this year. I think golden State's going to be another team to, to watch out for though, too. The West is wide open and I'm not sold on the Lakers, but that's a completely different story. I think that the Lakers are a, are a, a dumpster fire waiting to happen to be quite frank. Uh, I think, yeah, they uh, they kind of saw what the rest of the league is doing and said, let's do the opposite and get older and less people that can shoot. Uh, which so I don't I don't know I, I never want to count out LeBron. Obviously, the Lakers have already had that sideline drama with with Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis, like getting in a fight, which is never good, not a good look, especially in the second game <laughs> of the season. I'd love the Trailblazers to get up there. I think Denver might have something to say about it before it's all said and done. Of course, yeah. Jokic coming off his MVP performance last year. Uh, and then Aaron Gordon's playing decent basketball for them right now. Of course, Michael Porter Jr. just signed that big extension. Uh, but I love Phoenix. I think actually I think Golden State uh, has something to prove this year. I think they're a little pissed off about people you know, yeah. underestimating them, and especially when Clay comes back, he seems to be very salty about not being in this top seventy-five or or, or whatever he got ranked. So yeah. uh, maybe that puts another chip on his shoulder, especially you know just how much basketball he's missed over the past two seasons too. So yeah, I, I like I said, I'm being lame. I like Phoenix in the West. I like Milwaukee uh, in the East. I just uh, until somebody proves me different, I, I think these have been the two best teams or. or just if you look at them, what the what they have been able to do, you know, it's still so early though. It's so it's so oh, hard. Exactly. It's so hard it's, to say. But yeah. It's impossible to do a preseason, a true preseason finals prediction. But mm-hmm. I, I, 
totally get where you're coming from. I like the Suns a lot too. They look, they, you know, watching that Suns Lakers game the other night too, they look exactly like they did last year. The Bucks look just as good as they did last year. And who knows with this Kyrie Irving situation too. Say Kyrie sits out the entire yeah. season. I don't see the Nets making it to the finals if that's no. the case. I don't see them being the beating uh, the Bucks. But if Kyrie does come back, it's a different story. You never right. know. But, and if he comes back to his old form, but it's, you know, that's going to be yeah. definitely wow. an interesting thing. What about so? What about the Knicks? You know, celebrating like you guys just won the championship after after going one and zero. How about? I'll tell you what. If we ever win the NBA Finals, uh, they're going to have to shut down Manhattan. There's, yeah. there, there's no doubt about that. And I'm going to be right in the middle of that. Those are my people. I love, love that. It. I watched love every it. second of that video. Uh, that was fantastic. <laughs> anybody, anybody who has any doubt on who New York's team is, it's the New York Knicks. There's yeah. no doubt about that. The Brooklyn Nets could win the next five championships. It'll still be the New York Knicks. And I got big hopes for the Knicks this year. You know, I, They're good. I, I think, I think they, you know, my highest expectation for them is to possibly win a playoff series. I, I don't think that they're going to be in the mix for, you know, the NBA finals yet, but they're building towards that direction and like to see them, you know, get a good seed, skip the play in, try to get like a five or six seed this year and possibly yeah, win, that's win what the I was first say. round. I, was yeah. say, I could see them maybe as high as four. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like if you're in that four to six range for sure. They're they're pretty similar to the Bulls. Similar yeah. to the Bulls. It's, it's going to all come down to some of those matchups and, you know, who pulls it out at the end. I think that it's it's going to be really interesting. So I'm, yeah, dude, I'm excited to wait. see it. I'm excited I, to see it. Only a week into the season. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just like I said, it's just there hasn't been this much excitement around Bulls basketball in quite a few years. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. they 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 really went for it this offseason, which is something that we haven't seen them do. And I can't even tell you how long it feels like they actually want to put a competitive product out there. It feels like they and they're they're going to. I obviously they're three and oh right now. Yeah. Uh, up by 11 still. I think it's 4 0. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Fourth uh, I am. I'm going to bet on the Bulls all 82 games. Well, I guess I'd say I'll be betting on them for 81 games because I missed the, the game three. But they are 3 0 against the spread so far, looking to continue the trend. Um, I love it. I just, I, I need to get my Iota soon with Jersey. They sold out yes. like like so, so fast. Uh, Lonzo's been, been good, but I mean, he hasn't been the only ball handler they're letting all of these guys get their touches they're not it doesn't feel like one person is really dominating the ball offensively I mean obviously Levine's been incredible scoring but that's just what we've come to expect from Levine like I know it has only been three games but I think he's gone 30 plus in all three do we see a just a ridiculous scoring season from him again this year I think it's very possible and I think Vooch has got to be a double double guy for us he's got to be at least 10 and 10 uh, and then if we have that secondary guy in DeMar DeRozan that can go get you 25, 28 points uh, on any given night, especially if, let's say if Levine's having an off night, it's just, it only helps us. Like all these moves, um, I know that like the DeRozan one wasn't like loved when it happened just because yeah. of how much money they're paying him and, you know, maybe his age, but, you know, so far so good. Like he, yeah. it, they are... They're just fun. That is that is at the end of the day, 
more than we could say uh, that they have been in quite a while. And even Zach Levine was quoted two days ago, said, this is the most fun I've ever had playing basketball. So they're on a mission this year. They want to make the playoffs. They want to win a series. They just, I mean, the Bulls are back. Bottom line, Bulls are back. Bulls in six. Uh, Let's go. There we go. Bulls are back. The Knicks are back. This great time for basketball. We're bringing '90s basketball back, and for that Dasunmu jersey too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to uh, hit you up for that because that might be a United Center exclusive. I, if you end up going to a Bulls game, I might, I, I'm not, I might not be able to find one on just on the internet up here. I will, yeah, I will let you know about that, dude. Because Definitely. I was talking to a buddy about it a couple weeks ago, and he said you tried to get it like it was like the day or two after they released it, and it was already sold out. So I definitely want to make my way up to the United Center for a game or two this year. I got, I, I know I'll be going to some Illinois games. I actually, oh yeah, I got a buddy that lives in Milwaukee. Uh, Illinois plays Marquette at Pfizer Forum on November fifteenth, which I think I'm going to be making my way up to Milwaukee to go to that. That's going to be dope. Uh, that's going to be dope. I got a buddy that's got season tickets here for the basketball games that wants to go to some games. So it's just, it is so fucking exciting to have them back. And it's just, there is a just different feeling around this whole town when Illinois basketball is good. It's not just the alums. It's not just the students. It is the whole town goes fucking crazy (laughs) for the fighting Illini. And especially since we can have fans back now, the, uh, the exhibition game was the first time they had fans in Memorial Stadium and like 500 or I'm sorry, not Memorial Stadium, the Assembly Hall or uh, State Farm Center or whatever uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, in like 535 days or something like that. It is going to be rocking this year They're It's it's I, I can't wait, dude. I mean, as yeah. much as I love football season and go crazy for football season, it's just you get add basketball to the mix and it's just even better. It's just those are. Illinois basketball is something that I've been like my just my first memories of of ever watching basketball have been the Illini. I have my dad taking me to a game and yeah. when I was like in first grade, I'm pretty sure they played Minnesota, and then I moved to Champaign like right around the Final Four team in 2005 or the National Runner Up team. So that was yeah. just absolutely insane. So, dude, Illini's back. The Bulls are so back. Uh, the Bulls and six, Illinois winning the Natty. What what more can I say? We're we're just supreme confidence over here in the basketball teams, the football teams, not so much. But uh, other than that, Paul always love joining you. Awesome, I appreciate it, Andy. Perfect way to end the show. Bulls and six, Illinois <laughs> champions. That's hey, I'll be rooting for it. I'll be rooting Bulls, for it. Bulls, if, Knicks, Bulls, Knicks, Eastern Conference Finals. Just book hey, it. Hey, you know, I tell you what, if the Knicks get eliminated, I'll be rooting for your Bulls. I mm-hmm. would love it. Diehard Michael Jordan fan, so uh, I I would not be against that. But that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the 3 and D, and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the 3 and D. Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Let the fans know where you, they can find you and your show. Of course, uh, as always, dude, I love joining you, man. This is always a great time. Uh, I am review and previews favorite guest is what I like yes. to call myself. I've appeared on all five shows. I think besides the four corner show, I have not been on that, but I'm also not a huge wrestling guy, so I don't really know what I'd bring to the table there. But other than that, uh, you can find me, everything I do over at the brew party. Um, that is so sports, uh, life, 
anything me we just you know drink we have a good time try not to take ourselves too seriously actually i just recorded an episode before i jumped on here with you with our friend aj edder williams from the three-man weave podcast yeah. to talk about the cincinnati bengals and their huge win over the baltimore ravens last week and how they now sit at five and two uh and first place in the afc uh that'll be releasing tomorrow tuesday morning uh with aj so um this is actually the first interview I've been able to do in a few weeks. I've been pretty swamped at work. But uh, other than that, we do our weekly gambling segment, Maloney's Moneyline, uh, every Friday, well, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, uh, kind of depending on the schedule. This week, it'll be on Friday. We give 16 total picks for NFL, college football. Uh, last week, we had an NBA parlay that we missed by one fucking game because the Sixers scored one point in the last five minutes. Fucking! I would just blame it on Ben Simmons. That's what. It, that's yeah, what we're doing. Exactly. But, blame it on Ben Simmons. Wow. Uh, so yeah, the brew party. That's where you can find me there. I also do a weekly college football show with our friend Tom Scavetta and our friend Brian McCardle uh, called From the Stands. You can find that on Facebook and YouTube at From the Stands Sports. Find the Brew Party on Instagram and Twitter at the Brew Party. We're on YouTube at the Brew Party or youtube.com slash the brew party podcast uh like subscribe uh leave a comment all that good stuff uh wherever you get your podcast apple spotify google all that good shit i'm also breaking news i'm also starting a brand new podcast with some other friends a conspiracy theory podcast called uh-huh. edging the, called edging the truth so check that out that first episode releases on october 29th uh, wherever you get your podcast and YouTube as well. So I am a very busy man these days. You can find me talking into a microphone, not taking myself too seriously uh, all over the internet. Follow my Twitter uh, at ahop23 if you want to hear me live tweet games, uh, talk about how bad my gambling bets are and uh, how good my dog is at gambling. 13-7 and seven yeah. against the spread in NFL primetime games this year. No big deal, except the fact that it is. Follow the brew party. Join the brew party, Paul. Need to get you back on here actually very soon to do a little NBA preview or of our own talk Knicks and all of that good stuff. But seriously, dude, thank you so much for having me anytime. I always, always love coming on the show. Of course, Andy, anytime and more than happy to come on to the brew party. Love you guys over there. Um, number one, easily the number one uh, guest for review and preview. No doubt about that. Easily. Honestly, Top of the power rankings. Yeah. Easily by far way with a huge lead too. You got to go on the wrestling <laughs> show and honestly, just like, just stand there and like watch or something. Just not even say anything. So yeah. the only wrestling I've ever really gotten into is like the indie wrestling where they sort of like beat the shit out of each other with like glass tables and light tubes and shit. So I guess That's I can go fun. on there and yeah. talk about that. I actually did go to the AEW Chicago show with a buddy of mine that ha- had a extra ticket, so I did see CM Punk's return, which I'm sure like diehard wrestling fans would be pissed off me that I had like an incredible seat for that. Um, but yeah, I, I love I love review and preview everything you guys are doing. Uh, I don't know if you can still buy merch; it's probably like right at the buzzer. I got my yeah. merch today. Go get it. Love supporting the show. You guys have shown incredible support for me, uh, so I, I can't just not reciprocate it because you guys are. Sub- just love it. Every, everything we're doing, we're all going to the moon, baby. That's exactly it. We're all in this together. Andy Hopper, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. And stay tuned for more updates and brand new episodes coming every Monday at the new time, 8.30 p.m. Have a great night, everyone.